Welcome everyone to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. I hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a great day, great week, you know, great evening, whatever it may be, whatever time of the day it is you're listening to this. Hope it's going good. Hopefully everything's going good for you. Uh, myself, you know, things are as good as can be. I mean, waiting for this snow to finally stop, waiting for some warmer temperatures, Waiting for it to be, uh, you know, a nice, hot, warm summer, and I will be out and about, living my best life, getting my tan on, not being cooped up inside. Can't wait for it. So that that's about how things are going right now. That's where my mind is. That's what I'm looking forward to. One other thing I'm looking forward to is with the easing of restrictions in Manitoba, I'm thinking that hopefully some local shows start getting announced very soon. Uh, I've got my fingers crossed. You know, maybe maybe there's some rumblings about things are uh, things are percolating, and uh, hopefully sooner than later we're going to be uh, getting some show announcements. I know there is one show that's announced for March sixth, uh, Weasel Mania. Uh, at Club St. B, if I'm not mistaken. I tweeted out the the ad, the uh, poster of it, so check on my Twitter for uh, the information on that, and uh, maybe we'll see you there, you know? Maybe if it's going to happen, we'll see you there. It should be a great time, and uh, Weasel Mania is running wild, but we're not here to talk about Weasel Mania today. We're here to talk about my guest this week. I was super stoked. Uh, I reached out to my guest, and... Um, they were more than happy to join me and share their story of wrestling so far. And uh, I was absolutely thrilled to uh, to have them on. And uh, I'm ecstatic to share it with you. I, I'm, I'm grinning ear to ear. I edited the... Uh, uh, edited the interview last night and uh, today I'm you know recording everything but uh, today I'm just rambling now that's how excited I am this week my guest is none other than Kid Bandit um, Kid Bandit is one of the hottest wrestlers on the independent scene uh, only a few years into it and they are phenomenal they have an incredible online presence their in-ring work is fantastic uh they've wrestled for they wrestled uh on AEW Dark a few times You've, you may have seen them there um Deadlock Pro Grap House and coming up on uh February 24th it's 24th yeah Thursday February 24th I had to double check they're wrestling for Time Bomb Pro down in Fargo so Let's just let's jump right into it. You're going to learn everything there is to know about Kid Bandit coming up next on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. One of my favorite things about this podcast is being able to share stories of guests and just their journeys into wrestling. It's one I love sharing that I love having a platform. Now, your story, it's, you know, we'll say it started even before the past couple of years. So let's talk about your the start of your love for wrestling. Um. Uh, it's deeply rooted in the video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, I mean, when you're a kid, uh, especially our generation, I think like the pre gen Z, but a little bit after uh, millennial generation, um, we experienced such a uh, boom in technology. Right. Mm-hmm. So 
the people before us, their hobbies were a lot of uh, going outside, you know, enjoying, you know, going, going, you know, like everyone, even the introverts, they would find like places to hang out with. Mm-hmm. Conversely, on the other side of that, I think the, the Gen Z kids, they, um, you know, they have so much access to like technology. So they're never bored. Like, you know, your, our phones nowadays get to like do everything basically. Mm-hmm. I think I came from a generation where we have enough technology to keep us entertained, but it was monotonous, you know what I'm saying? Like, so like I had a, I had a Blu-ray player or a DVD player and I had like one disc, you know, I didn't have Netflix. So I would watch that movie over and over again when I'm bored, yeah. you know, thing. or, you know, so that was the case with, with wrestling. I had SmackDown versus Raw 2007. Uh, I played it religiously. You know, when mm-hmm. I got done with a story mode, I played uh, my GM. I started trying to unlock everything <laughs> and it consumed me for years uh once that once i got upgraded to 08 you know same thing and mm-hmm. so on and so on so the video games are i'm deeply rooted into that i always made my own character i always like you know role played as that character when i face like the legends and the business all that all that jazz and and so one of my you know it's like one of those fantasies it was like i i imagined myself one day walking through that curtain, you know, as a wrestler. And, but you, you know, when you're a kid and you say, oh, I want to be an astronaut, you know, I would say, I want to be a pro wrestler. And people kind of scoff at you. They're like, nah, nah, that's not real. That's not a real job. You know, be a doctor, be a lawyer, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, so I, I'll admit I was a, I, 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 I kind of put in a hold. I didn't really think, oh, there's no money in that. You know, there's mm-hmm. definitely not a lot of, uh, it's a hard journey. A lot of us don't even know where to start, right? Like uh, yeah. when, I, when I started, you know, thankfully blowing up in, in, in the internet, I get one of the things that people message me all the time is, how do you get started in pro wrestling? Mm-hmm. You know, when, I, when you go on Google and you type in pro wrestling school, chances are it's going to give you an MMA gym, not pro wrestling, pro wrestling. So uh, it's really difficult to get your foot in the door. I, I, I assume it was a lot harder back in the day as well, because with kayfabe being a thing, it, it, like it was really well, a well-guarded business versus now. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it was one of those things. Um, and then uh, in 2000, I want to say 19, you know, I just, I just thought it was time. I, I, I was rewatching some WWE network stuff. You know, and I, I was like, yeah, I can do this. You know, mm-hmm. I might, I might not, I'm not, might not be great, but uh, I went through some very life changing stuff. Yeah, that I figured if I if I don't take a chance now, life's too short. I might never get that chance again, especially because I'm, uh, I'm in my mid twenties. You know, I feel like this is the great time to mm-hmm. be doing wrestling. You know, better if you're a little bit younger. You yeah. know, but uh, the older you get, the more difficult it is because your body's giving up on you, you know, or mm-hmm. or life or job, your job is consuming it, you know, so you don't really have the time to pursue this. So I'm fortunate that, you know, where I'm at right now, I I'm I'm succeeding mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, more, more so than I expected. Uh, so, yeah, that's how that's what really started to me is like the video games. And it kind of went full circle because I just did mocap. <laughs> for a video game like last sad sunday last sunday so yeah 
I, I did see the announcement of the uh, the virtual basement video game, so I'm I will touch on that because I'm super stoked about that. But, right? uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, the um, a few years back, that's when you started taking it seriously. Uh, I know you had posted up on Twitter uh, about your your journey, and I know that uh, for myself, that was something growing up that I know I was uh, I was overweight as a kid, you know, and then right. Uh, you know, I, at one point I was like, I'm going to do this. And I was in the same sort of thing where I, you know, took an interest in losing weight and getting in shape. It was for, not for any reason, but for my own happiness. And uh, right. I, I didn't do it properly. You know, it turned into more of an eating disorder, but I did eventually yeah. figure it out now, but it's not about me. It's about you. And I wanted you to, you know, talk about that a little bit, because I think it's uh, an incredible part of your journey. It, I mean, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, man. I, I developed an eating disorder. I struggle with eating now, you know, mm-hmm. especially like, you know, um, I mean, might, might be TMI, but when I, when I found out I was going to be in dark for AEW, I was, it was bad. I, I wanted to look great. You know, mm-hmm. I, I went, I went back to all my unhealthy habits just to like, make sure I look good on TV and all that stuff. And it didn't even matter because people gravitate to the hair anyway. You know? So, <laughs> so it, it, it's one of those things. It's hard to it's hard to love yourself when the standard of beauty has always been the opposite of you. Yeah. Um, especially when you're growing up. Yeah, you can change how you look eventually. You could uh, you could lose the weight, but in the back of your mind, it's there. You know, it's mm-hmm. always it's it's always because I I've lost my weight before and mm-hmm. I gained it back. Yeah. Um, and it was tough. It, it was tough to look at it as like, oh, I, I've overcome the problems because, because when the problems come back, it's like, ooh, you know, like did I really overcome them or did I put it on hold? Mm-hmm. And the weight weight loss itself, it's not about losing the weight, in my opinion. It's about learning to love yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I I don't mean that as like, oh be okay with how you look obviously if you want to if you want to fit a certain uh look or you want to you know wear certain clothes absolutely like shed the shed the fat like get lean you know absolutely 100 but the cha- the real challenge i think is learning to be okay with how you're built how you look um and being okay that progress doesn't happen overnight because that's a that's one of the challenges I think with people with late weight loss is that like, you know, when, when your body's beat up because you've been working out, when you're so hungry because you've been cutting back in calories, when you're doing all that, it's easy to just kind of give in mm-hmm. and just like, you know, like you, you, you think, you start thinking to yourself, man, what's the point, you know? And, and that's the problem. And I think that I, I experienced this. A lot of people I'm sure have experienced this. It's like, it's not about, it's not about the tangible results. It's about how you feel inside you. Cause once you start feeling proud of your progress, then the actual change you'll, it's like placebo. You'll see it. You know, mm-hmm. you, you know, and I think it's very vital that like we, we don't, we approach weight loss and fitness is more of a mental thing than a physical thing. Cause like Definitely. I've met, yeah, I met like super athletic people who don't look it, you know, uh, you know, I go to the gym. I'm, 
I literally look like this, you know, I have painted nails and I would run like three miles at like 20, 20 minutes. And I just be like, and people, people kind of like walk by me and they see that I'm doing that. And they're like, they, they judge you. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of judgment in fitness and that's the mental battle. It's just like, as much as there is judgment from outside like sources, the judgment you have for yourself is like incredible because like you will judge yourself so much you're your own worst enemy when it comes to fitness when it comes to weight loss i still do it (laughs) to this very day i still do it you know it's just one of those things that i still work at overcoming yeah and and that's that's the thing that's it's it's all about you i don't think you'll ever overcome it because Mm -hmm. us us as humans we'll never be satisfied you know like you know, we, we will never ever be satisfied until like we're old and gray and we'll still be like craving for more the ma- what matters is learning to work with yourself learning to understand that you'll never be satisfied but that's okay because the progress you made now you have to be okay with mm-hmm. and you have to understand that tomorrow you're going to do better and i that's how i approached it and i'll be honest i don't approach it like that all the time sometimes i'm just like you know what i'm going to be a crackhead i'm just going to run until i die you know like you know and it's a struggle it's mm-hmm. it's definitely a struggle for a lot of us it's, and couple of that with like an eating disorder that a lot of us develop oh it's it's tough mm-hmm. so i think the the challenge here is to find find that love you have for yourself basically mm-hmm. that's that's more a lot more difficult than than, than it sounds. I mean, speaking on the mental aspect, I think that is something that you can go, you can hire a trainer, you can do all this research about what like lifting or doing cardio, but what nobody ever tells you is the impact that uh, the mental game has on you when you're wanting to, you know, do something where it's, you know, getting more physical or whatever, because I know for myself, when you see that number on the scale and it's always going down, it starts thinking like, okay, I have to keep pushing more and more and more. And it's, it really does a number on you. Yeah. And and it sucks too, because like, because weight is such a finicky thing. You would, you could lose like 10 inches and your weight in the scale is still the same. Mm-hmm. And, and you think that you won't you didn't make any progress but that's absolutely not true because you're fitting on like small clothes now you know all that stuff and you never see it you know it, because your know, bodies are weird you know mm-hmm. water intake your, your, your weight fluctuates it's whatever you know but yeah the mental and, and that this is doesn't just go for like weight loss i'm sorry i'm burping uh <laughs> it goes for it goes for like a lot of what you go through in life yeah mm-hmm. i think so like over me and wrestling you know it's like i'm never satisfied with what i'm doing you know i i was on AEW. i was uh i was part of dpw i was part of all these uh, amazing promotions just starting up uh i uh, for seven months in wrestling i have accomplished so much but mm-hmm. i'm not satisfied you know you know what i'm saying like any anybody else in my uh, that would be in my position has been doing this for years they'd be very grateful but like I said earlier, as humans, we're, we'll never be satisfied. So it's it's about learning and being and counting your blessings and taking, like taking a deep breath and understanding that, hey, you know, I'm doing okay, mm-hmm. and, and that's how you avoid burnout because burnout is real. And when you burn out, you know, I, I heard this like saying it's so profound. It's like the the brightest stars are usually the ones that burn out the fastest, and I just. I'm worried that's going to be me. I'm mm-hmm. worried that for anybody listening who's going hard at it, 
they'll burn out. And when you burn out, you go instantly back to like all the, all the, all the unhealthy things that you've done, you know? I'm mm-hmm. sorry I'm rambling, by the way. No. <laughs> I just talk so much. No, it's all good. I mean, talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned, uh, you know, being on AEW Dark. Um, I know that you are a graduate from the Nightmare Factory. Uh, where did you first train at? Um, my very first uh, school is Santino Rose uh, Wrestling in Los Angeles. I trained under uh, Joey Chaos, Eli Everfly, Heather Monroe, Jake Atlas, mm-hmm. uh, Supreme, uh, God rest his soul, and Robbie Phoenix. They were all, they gave me the foundations as far as wrestling. Uh, I made lifelong friends from that school. Uh, my tag team partner, Ishmael Vaughn, uh, he also came from there. I also I went to the Nightmare Factory with him. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because our school closed down for the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of those cases where I feel like if there COVID never happened, we would have just stayed home. Uh, we would have just grinded it out. We, I don't think we would have gone to the nightmare factory. And we've talked about this before. Uh, and not, not that there's anything wrong with Santino's they'll train you great, you know, mm-hmm. but the connections I made at the nightmare factory, you know, just training under my favorite wrestler growing up, Cody Rose is like bizarre to like, even like fathom, you know, I mm-hmm. literally, literally wrestled my favorite wrestler growing up that's wild you know <laughs> it's like ooh, i could retire tomorrow and i wouldn't have any regrets i mm-hmm. i won the title i i wrestled my dream opponent i got to be featured on tv like many people in the indies would spend years never get this far mm-hmm. so i like like i said earlier i'm i am very grateful but it's also like overwhelming sometimes you know but yeah going back to santino's um yeah our alumni uh brody king uh jake atlas obviously uh let's see a couple of them aviva vine who's appeared in dark every once in a while she's from that school uh yeah our our alumni is like basically like one of the more more dominant uh figures in the socal scene i unfortunately don't wrestle much in socal uh hopefully that changes uh, but yeah it, it, i am i am very thankful to be from there mm-hmm. uh for them teaching me the foundations teaching me how to conduct myself because man if i didn't do that training and i went to the nightmare factory i would have been the biggest mark i would have just been like fan fan like fanning over cody Rhodes. i'd be like <laughs> yo you're cody Rhodes, bro you're co- oh my god like and I, I i wouldn't even wrestle i'd just be there just marking out and yeah. and nothing wrong with that but you know i would i would not have gotten my money's worth if, I, mm-hmm. if that's all i did so santino bros really set you on the path getting the basics down and just sort of getting you in the mindset almost for what would come next and i mean the opportunity to go to nightmare factory i think is that's huge you know especially for someone yeah. you know you're still you know a year or so into this and so yeah. to, to get that opportunity and everything you've done is really, I, it's flat out, it's fucking awesome. Right? Oh, we could cuss. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> okay. By all means. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. Uh, one, of the, one of my mentors in Santino's was Supreme. And mm-hmm. I, I talked to my friend about this, Milo, that Supreme kind of took the losers of the school. You know, those, those who were having a hard time figuring out who they are. He took them under their, his wing and nurtured them. He encouraged us to be ourselves. 
And with me, who's doing something kind of, you know, like I, I, I've seen what my shtick is before, mm-hmm. but not to the extent that I'm doing it, especially with the moves I'm, I'm incorporating. So it, it, having someone who, because I've heard nightmare stories about like other wrestling schools who they see something that's out of the box and they they put it down you know like or they look at they look at you funny or they or worst case scenario they steal it from you right from underneath you you know spring wasn't like that at all he incurred he actually got mad when i would not do the stuff i want to do and he called me he would call me lazy endearingly he would be like why aren't you doing why aren't you doing the thing that you're working on and i'm like well you know i don't think i'm comfortable with it and then he'd be like well that's why you're training right so get comfortable with it Mm -hmm. so he i owe a lot to him because he encouraged me to be myself and that was one thing i like you know it's weird because people would ask me for advice i'm seven months in wrestling i should not be giving advice (laughs) but you know but people would ask me for advice and i'm just like that's the one thing i tell people i'm just like hey I got, I was lucky enough to be nurtured by someone who encouraged individuality, mm-hmm. encouraged someone to just be yourself. And, you know, uh, one, one of the things that his nephew, Joey Chaos, who owns the school, talk, told me was if you're not true to yourself, then the fans would see it and mm-hmm. they won't believe anything you do. And I think that's so profound because, like, I've had matches where I'm pretending to be something I'm not, and it just doesn't hit the same. But when I'm just myself, you know, like I can connect with people, you know, and, uh, and it feels more genuine. And that's something I brought to the nightmare factory. I was just me. Mm -hmm. I was, I was so, I was just myself, but I didn't have that. Like I had the skeleton, the foundation, you know, but I didn't have like the outer shells, I didn't have the aesthetics yet. I didn't even have gear. <laughs> I was at the Nightmare Factory. So, so they completed Kid Bandit. Um, uh, Baron Black actually was the one that gave me my moniker. I don't think I don't think he meant to, but like he said, he said protagonist. I'm like, okay, that's the gimmick. You know, I didn't have a ring name until two weeks in to the Nightmare Factory. So it it, it was it was pretty it's pretty incredible to just like develop myself in front of all these eyes mm-hmm. and and share that journey with people that makes sense sorry i ramble <laughs> no no it's it definitely makes sense and you uh you mentioned the fans and what i noticed you know is that the kid bandit fan base is very loving very supportive and it's absolutely incredible uh, i mean what does that mean to you so it's weird for me to look at them as fans of mm-hmm. mine because I never thought I get fans. <laughs> uh, you know, so so uh, at first I would like I'll just call them my friends, and then eventually like ten thousand of them showed up out of nowhere. I'm like, oh, I guess they are fans. <laughs> Holy crap! But I try to like be one of them because at the end of the day. You know, like, I don't like pe- calling people marks mm-hmm. derogatively because at the end of the day, the biggest marks in wrestling are the wrestlers because they, they marked out so much for wrestling, they decided to do it themselves. And <laughs> that's that's my take, right? I might yeah. be wrong. But I don't consider myself 
above the fan base because I just want to be fans with them too. You know, I, at the end of the day, it's so much more wholesome when you don't put yourself above people, not mm-hmm. just in wrestling, but in life. You know, um, I had a boss at work one time who, you know, was, they were very hands-on with their approach and I just love that. I was like, wow, like you could literally be sitting in your office all day. But the fact that you're out here in the front line is in the trenches with me is like, wow. So that, that's kind of how I approach uh, the fan base, you know, the brigands. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because because at the end of the day, um, oh, QT Marshall, Mar- uh, you know, my coach, he uh, <laughs> went, I went to one of his seminars after the factory. And one of the things he told, told me was, when he was a kid, he went to an, oh, I don't know if I should be telling this story. So hopefully he doesn't listen, but <laughs> he, he went, he went to a rock uh, autograph signing and the rock uh, went the extra mile to, you know, give him an autograph, give him a free eight by 10, just, you know, they, they, he didn't look at them like, you know, like, like a, he didn't look at QT like fan, like a mass produced fan from a factory. It's like, like, you know, in the conveyor belt. No, he looked at him as an individual and that small interaction made QT a lifelong rock fan. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, Oh man, that's how I want to approach everybody Mm -hmm. because I remember when Cody replied to my question in an AMA on Reddit, I remember that. And that's one of the big reasons why I'm a lifelong Cody fan because yeah. he just replied to a comment and I'm just like, wow, that is so cool. So when people say, Oh, kid Ben, follow me on Twitter. I'm like, hell yeah. I'm glad I made your day. Cause like I, it literally takes like five seconds to like, not even five, like one second to just follow someone and like, yeah. it doesn't hurt. You know? And if it makes someone's day, it makes someone's day. You know? I'm, I, I'm marked out when CM Punk tweeted me. I'm like, what? Holy <laughs> You know, but I bet you like he didn't even think about like that. That to me is like a, that to me was a highlight of my week. Mm-hmm. But I bet I bet he doesn't even like you know. He, after he did that, he went on to the next thing. But it doesn't take that like like I said, it doesn't take that much to make someone's like moment matter. And that's what he did for me. And I hope that's what I do for people. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's something that uh, sometimes gets forgotten about nowadays is just how the littlest thing can really make someone's day or because you we don't know what the next person is going through so to you know just show a little bit of i don't want to say kindness because i don't really think it's just being it could be but you know it's just yeah. just you know being like yeah no problem you know like hey how's it going you know even just saying yeah. how are you i think it goes a long way oh yeah and i i remember like when people snub me you know it's such a degrading feeling Mm -hmm. and I try not to hold it against people, but I hold it against people (laughs) because I'm just, I'm human, man. Uh, You know, like, and and I would hate for like the way that these people made me feel, I would hate to make anyone else feel that way because I did that to them. Mm -hmm. Like, and I don't even mean like, just like inadvertently you know like you know i feel like you know i'm holding a grudge against someone who didn't want to like say hi to me but maybe because they're tired 
because from the airport i try to rationalize things now but like i remember (laughs) when when so and so didn't want to shake my hand you know i remember when someone tried to bury like me and my friends on or my friends and i on online Mm -hmm. i remember and i don't want to hold a grudge but we're human yeah we don't we don't even if you subconsciously tell yourself you don't want to it's there and they'll eat away at you you know and i would hate for someone to feel that way about me so i try i I try Mm -hmm. uh it's not easy it's exhausting for sure but if it doesn't take that much to to just conduct yourself like a good human being you know and constantly remind yourself that like especially with what we do as performers, the spotlight's always on you, whether you're in the ring or not. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and one interaction outside the ring could lead to so many other like chain reaction of events and all that stuff. Nope. So uh, yeah, that's, that's how I approach it. Yeah. It, it definitely goes a long way. And um, I want to get into a couple of your matches because I I've been on, you know, going through the YouTube, you know, doing okay. my- doing my kid banded research and uh, yeah <laughs> i punched up iwtv today on my lunch break and i'm sitting in the lunchroom with the audio off and your match from grab house was uh, uploaded against yeah. uh sean kemp and uh Athron amada uh yeah. talk a little bit about that match if you don't mind so i live in california i live in uh, orange county uh so it's about four hour drive to vegas mm-hmm. and i was getting a ride with my friend and I had like this bright idea. I'm like, yeah, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to drive here. We're going to meet here. It's overly convoluted plan to get to Vegas, right? And it failed because we got there and I was late. We had like 10 minutes to like plan this all out. So I was like, I was like struggling. I was like, hey, Athrin, hey, Sean. Uh, I'm going to be late. <laughs> I'm going to be really late. So uh, you guys want to just like, put the match together and then whatever y'all have for me just put me in i don't even care if i do, don't do anything you guys just do you mm-hmm. and they were thankfully like very wholesome enough to like say no no we'll, we'll structure this with with you in mind as well i'm like thank mm-hmm. you and i get there and <laughs> literally i was just like freaking out I'm like oh my god i'm late i'm late i'm late i'm late and they said oh we're not up for another hour i'm like are you kidding me i spent <laughs> so much time freaking out ah so we are actually able to structure this whole bit. Um, they're, they're good people. I don't know what it was that night, but I made so many puns. So I, I, I don't know if you saw the match uh, without audio or not. Did you? It was without audio. I was uh, okay. being secretive <laughs> while I was at work. So, so yes, there's moves. But, <laughs> but I, I said so much in that match i i I watched it like twice to just i don't even remember saying this this was funny Uh, i'm like i don't like there was a part like so i did my entrance i left the sword in the entrance way and i I saw my sword there and the plan was i was gonna hang out with fans but i was like no i'm gonna take the sword backstage and i just said let me sort that out real quick And I was, I remember after I said, I was like, oh my God, that's a good pun. Let's keep it going tonight, right? So, so later in the match, uh, like I, did, I gave, I gave a, after the question mark kit after he broke the pin. And I was like, why would you do that? Why? And he's like, I'm trying to win the match too, bro. And we're just having this conversation mid match, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, I have a question for you. And then he gave him a question mark kick. And I was just like thinking to myself, wow, that was, 
that's a good one. I need to do that. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I cheat in wrestling. I say my moves as I do them, mm-hmm. not only to like let people know, like, you know, what I'm about to do to help them, but also because it's an anime thing, right? In the anime, they say the names of their moves. So I'm like, <laughs> so after I do my back, my, uh, I, I was taking a back, uh, a back suplex. I land on my fit, feet and I said, flip. And then I'm supposed to flip them off. So I said, flip, flip. And then I gave them a stunner. And I was like, that, that that's a good one. <laughs> so that, that match, was, I approached that match like a comedy match. Mm-hmm. And comedy wrestling never really gets any love, unfortunately. It, everybody who's a comedy wrestler often gets overlooked. They, they get told, oh, you just do comedy because you can't wrestle. I'm like, dude, Brian Danielson does comedy sometimes. Mm-hmm. You can tell Brian Danielson they can't wrestle. You know, CM Punk did comedy like Ring of Honor sometimes, you know, the indies. I, I like to look at it this way. Like, is the indies are like a great way to like figure yourself out. I'm figuring mm-hmm. out that I do. I'm figuring out I'm funny <laughs> <laughs> and I want to keep making people laugh. So that's what I'm going to keep doing. <laughs> Uh, what like one thing I noticed is just how much fun you have out there. Like you're smiling, you're having a great time and it's very, it's infectious because even the crowd gets into it too. <laughs> yeah. I was surprised people recognize me. I, I've, I've been to Vegas a couple of times, but Grap house was a, that was my Grap house debut. So mm-hmm. I, I know sometimes the audience is uh, different from the usual crowd that goes to the sh- Vegas show. So when, when they started recognizing me and they started chanting DPW, I'm like, wow nice mm-hmm. nice <laughs> oh but the pressure's on now damn <laughs> <laughs> uh i, I want to touch on this only because you had mentioned it and uh your your love for anime because i mean i it's you know uh, a, a lost concept to me I, it's something that i didn't really grow up with so for me it's i mean it's all brand new so I mean, I had to Google today what uh, a waifu was. Uh, waifu, waifu. Waifu. So, yeah. so I had to Google that today. I was like, oh, okay, because I had no idea. So, where where did your love for it first come from? Uh, anime in general. Uh, actually, that one comes from like the fact I grew up in a third world country, and that was mostly the only entertainment. If you're a kid, you know. Okay. You, uh, they aired Yu Yu Hakusho, Dragon Ball Z, and uh, Roni Kenshin, and Naruto in four different channels growing up. And, and it was one of those things. It was like a top form of entertainment for the youth in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really frowned upon because that was mainstream. You know, everybody was into it. Uh, when I moved to America, it wasn't the case. So, you know, it was like a very niche thing that yeah. you were into. Uh, so, so it's hard to find people to gravitate to now it's different now i feel like anime has reached has crossed over mainstream so much that like you know i, I feel like uh what's his face uh like who was that dude that hosted america's got talent like nick something like uh, i don't know nick cannon yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i feel like i don't know if it was him or not but i, I know one of them like decided to like release like an anime themed like fashion clothing and i'm like that's weird and also overpriced but that's pretty cool you know like the, the mm-hmm. fact that like these celebrities recognize it you know um mm-hmm. so yeah it's that's where i kind of like it's one of those things where i didn't really have a choice because if i wanted to like have friends they have to watch anime you know but yeah. i also loved it anyway so it kind of worked out in my favor 
Um, and then growing up, it was just one of those things where, you know, I was an introvert. Uh, when you're at home, you're playing video games all day. You have internet. You just watch anime. You know? mm-hmm. um, and I grew up in the era where anime didn't have streaming services. So you had to watch like, you know, all these episodes on YouTube where they're not allowed to be on YouTube. <laughs> so you have to watch it part one, part two, in part three is missing. So you're just like, damn it, you know. So, so yeah, that was uh, how I got into anime. What my love for it was the waifu part um, kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, it was a serendipitous thing where I dressed up as Samus from Metroid uh, for Halloween because I didn't have enough time to get myself a costume. And it's a funny way to like find out I'm non-binary. It's like, whoa, I like doing this. I like being a girl. Holy crap. You know, and I'm getting the courage to hopefully eventually leave my house like that. And right now it's all just all indoors. Yeah. You know, like this this is where I film all like uh, take take a picture of all like the shoots and all that stuff. This is my living room, basically. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that that's where my love for it came from. Um, you know, I think one of the big things about waifus and stuff, unfortunately, because the culture the japanese culture is different there's not a lot of uh female fronted animes if that makes sense mm-hmm. so when when a character is feminine or female they they either get relegated or delegated into like a supporting role or they don't have a character worth you know investing in because they're just there for the fan service yeah the ones I usually showcase are the ones that I feel like are very empowered, you know, or I just like them for personal <laughs> preference. So it's one of those things where I, I sometimes I want to send a message. Sometimes I just like how they look, you know, I, you know, it's one of those things where I, I can't really say mm-hmm. what, what gravitates, my, why I gravitate to, because it's such a broad spectrum. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Um, Okay, we'll get back to wrestling because there's a few more things I wanted to hit on. Yeah, of course. Your finisher, the Angel Killer. <laughs> that is absolutely incredible. That is such a fantastic move. Right. <laughs> like, where did you come up with that one? Uh, so my thought process has always been when it comes to, like, wrestling. What's a cool move I like that I want to do, but I want to make it cooler? Mm-hmm. obviously one million angel yeah. and you know so uh i was at the nightmare factory and i remember i went to alan angels right i was like hey alan i have a move idea i don't know if it will work i wanted to get your opinion on it and i've been doing the ushiguroshi right i'm five foot five so i there's not a lot of people i could do this move to so so if i was gonna do a lifting move because i my move set i only do like two moves where i lift people up and this is one of them Mm-hmm. because nine times out of ten i'm smaller than the person i'm wrestling therefore like all these moves wouldn't make sense for me to do i could pick people up i'm stronger than i look but <laughs> aesthetically it wouldn't be good you know what i'm saying yeah. uh so I, I i thought to myself if i'm gonna do a move where i pick someone up i have to make it like crazy so i went up to alan we kind of workshopped the move eventually started doing it in practice and it it's actually i've never won a match with it <laughs> just, just because when I never really win, so <laughs> so it's one of those things. It's one of those things where I want to do it just so I can get footage of it, 
and then like you know i don't care if they kick out for now you know if i win sure great i'll do a phoenix splash Mm-hmm. And, and eventually I started, you know, I gave the move to my tag team partner because my tag team partner is like shoot six, four mm-hmm. and he could pick me as like really strong. So I gave him my, my angel killer. I just told him, don't change the name because the name sounds crazy, but that's how I came up with the move. It was just like, I wanted to take one of the coolest moves I know. And I, I genuinely believe that a uh, one being an angel is like the best move in wrestling right now, aside from like the black arrow. Right. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to make it my own and what, what way to do it? Boom, put drop him on my knee and then kick the, let them kick out because yeah, I never win. <laughs> yeah. Um, recently you were, uh, out sports network, the LGBT LGBT in the ring podcast, uh, declared you the rookie of the year this year or for last year, 2021. Um, one. Yes. Uh, what does that mean to you? Oh, that means the world because I, I first it's nice to be I never win like I I don't mean that but like just matches but I ne- I've never won anything in my life you know I won this mm-hmm. you know but this is like a like winning in wrestling is different because it's a you know a predetermined thing you know what I'm saying it's a work yeah and I'm not trying to discredit like my title win but like you know this was not predetermined this was not gimmick this was just them trying to decide oh like you know. I've never won a trophy in my life. I've never won an award. You know, the only thing I've really, really had growing up was, you know, I, I, I ranked gold in League of Legends. That's cool, right? That's a video game award. Like, in the mm-hmm. grand scheme of things, it doesn't mean anything. So this was like, yeah, looking back, this is like the first real thing I've ever won. Mm-hmm. Like, ever. And, and to win something that resonates with who I am as an individual uh it's wrestling and it's lgbt that's like two things that's important to me mm-hmm. that's crazy you know and the fact the fact that i i i'm in the lgbt community but i don't present like i i don't i don't revolve around that like like i mean I, what i mean is like i i will talk about it every once in a while but i don't mm-hmm. make that like my shtick yeah. And there's nothing wrong if you make it your stick. By all means, like, please be proud of yourself. Mm-hmm. But I've always thought that, like, when it comes to, like, you know, these awards, these would go to, like, people who are very, you know, very in the community. Like, they, they, would, they would be very flamboyant. They would present themselves. So when I, when I got nominated and won, I was like, well, I'm really shocked because my whole thing is anime. It's mm-hmm. not the LGBT aspect. Like, I'm proud of my identity but i'm also I'm, I'm it was really shocking and then winning that really gave me the courage to just lean in on the aspect like that aspect of myself now i now i'm willing i'm more, more than willing to talk about like the struggles i faced you know uh the the stuff the the difficult things you know i was talking to sunny kiss about like recently is like hey how do you deal with the hate you know and they they thankfully had such good insight about everything so so mm-hmm. shout out to sunny kids thank you thank you for looking out for me um i mean it you know uh yeah but i like for someone who never really wins anything is to win something that like you know important it, it's it's boggling it's mind-boggling to like you know because sometimes i don't even believe that i'm a wrestler because this my journey has been so overwhelmingly like crazy you know mm-hmm. so 
this this win means a lot to me mm-hmm. because uh, after that the uh, the 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 people who are in the community exponentially like followed me like they they reach out to me they I would I would get like very heartbreaking messages from people overseas where where being LGBT is a crime punishable by death mm-hmm. and they would tell me. I'm so proud of like seeing your success because it's like, you know, it's like they live vicariously through the confidence I have and they don't get to be who they are. Mm-hmm. So they see me be myself and suddenly it's, it gives them hope. And I never thought I'd be giving people hope. I just wanted to do kicks and flips. Mm-hmm. So being in this position, it's humbling, but it's also like, I got to take this serious because mm-hmm. now people look up to me and I personally never really had, you know, because my generation didn't have like serious, like LGBT wrestlers or mm-hmm. uh, growing up, like we had to find heroes wherever we could. And you know, it's hard to like, you know what I'm saying? It's hard for, for us. It was hard for us to find heroes because for yeah. the longest time being LGBT was seen as a sideshow. Mm-hmm. You're never, you're never like the main one. You're just there. Mm-hmm. The representation wasn't like you know it was a token representation for the longest yeah. time. And to hear people say, "Oh, Kid Bandit, yeah, like they got it. They mm-hmm. got, they got a lot of things going on." I'm humbled. Mm-hmm. So, and winning this award definitely, I think, put me in the map for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. me and uh my fiance we have a pride flag up in our yard and we uh we noticed like we live in an area where there's a lot of new families to canada so it's you know a lot of people from overseas and stuff and we noticed this year at halloween a lot of the kids coming by the amount of comments we got saying hey we really like your flag you know it just i think you see something like that and you just know like even if you don't have that support from you know where you might be from or in your family your lifestyle that there are people there who are there for you you know yeah well i had a i had a teenager message me about like oh i want to come out as bisexual with my family and i'm like yo i can't i can't give them a straight answer like i can't well i could i, I gave them a straight answer but i couldn't give them a i couldn't give them a an easy answer because it's not mm. easy no but and all I said was like, I can't, I can't make this easier for you, but I can give you hope because mm-hmm. I was there. A lot of us were there and finding that, you know, like it, what matters in the end of the day, isn't the validation of others. It's the validation you have for yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you will love who you love and you have to be okay with that mm-hmm. regardless of if the world tells you no. And that's the hard part, isn't it? It's like, you know, like when the world's against you, it's hard to like stick true to your convictions. It's hard to stay true to yourself. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> when I won that award, I think it kind of also made me, made it my responsibility to like stay true to myself. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Cause I like before that, I never talked about being non-binary. I didn't even know I was non-binary. Right. Mm-hmm. And then lo and behold, here we are, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's crazy. <laughs> Um, I saw on Twitter that you had, uh, applied for the new Japan dojo. Uh, yep. what, what would something like that mean to you? Because I like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, 
fuck yeah, I want to see a Leo Rush and Kid Bandit match right. on New Japan Strong. So, well, I live like ten minutes from it, <laughs> <laughs> so that will be in like a really short commute. You know mm-hmm. that that's number one, right? <laughs> <laughs> number two, I think uh, one of my problems I've been facing is people don't take me seriously as a competitor mm-hmm. because I have a gimmick. Uh, I'm LGBT mm-hmm. for the longest time. Those two come hand in hand meant that you're using those as your crutches to get by in an industry that's based on moves and athleticism. Mm-hmm. So now if I get in, that'll be a great way for me to show that I can go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I can do anything. And honestly, I just lie by like I, I came from like one of the best indie wrestling schools in Santino Bros. I went to the West, uh, the East Coast, and learned under the executive vice president of AEW, Cody Rhodes, and QT Marshall. Mm-hmm. That's like two of the best education money can buy. And then I go to New Japan. It's like it's like you go to Yale and then you go to Harvard and go to Stanford. <laughs> you know, it's like I can only get better. If they don't take me, that's fine mm-hmm. because. Because at the end of the day, I understand that they have an image that they are trying to portray. They have their, their style doesn't necessarily mesh with mine, mm-hmm. nor do I want to be a young lion and lose everything that makes makes me unique to start over from scratch. Granted, if it does happen that way, I it's going to be hard for me to say no. Mm-hmm. Like I have to like give it some thought. But if I could make if I can get people to respect what I do. Because I, I gotta be honest. Sometimes I get, I get impressed with the stuff I pull off, and I'm like, "How did I do that? You know, how did my body turn that way? You know, or how did I kick that person without murdering them? You know, it's one of those things where I want to use this as an opportunity to be taken seriously as wrestler, wrestler. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I could chain wrestle. I, mm-hmm. I could, I know, I know jujitsu. I know martial arts, but people don't see that underneath the the hair and the presentation yeah so if i if i can get people to see that you know because when i wrestled in dpw with my match with lucky ali 90 percent of the stuff i did in that match was stuff i invented mm-hmm. like i pioneered so or or stuff that you don't really see in the indies you know so but it, it goes over people's heads because they say they see anime and they think oh it's just a gimmick it's not mm-hmm. it's I, I put so much hard work and effort into the craft that it often goes unnoticed. So if New Japan will be the platform for me to like show that I can go. Mm-hmm. Then hopefully that will be it. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to will this into the universe as well. Cause I know that the PWG Bola is uh, two weeks away that yeah. in 2023, we see kid bandit in the PWG Bola because I would love to see that. I would love that too. That that's the goal because I live, I live like 20 minutes from <laughs> so it's like it's like all these crazy places like r- literally like walking distance sometimes and i can't get on it because i'm newer and i understand i want to earn my way up there i don't want to mm-hmm. like i don't like the last thing i want is to get thrust into positions i'm not ready for yeah so i'm in no rush but yeah it would be nice <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> Uh, you mentioned that, and I know February 24th, uh, you are going to be making your debut for Time Bomb Pro Wrestling in North Dakota. Uh, I am a huge proponent of Time Bomb because it is only a three-hour drive for me. Uh, nice. have, you, have you been to Fargo before? 
I have not. No, actually, I've never been to the East Coast until last year. Okay. Uh, when I went to the Nightmare Factory. So yeah. <laughs> oh, I, oh, wait, no, that's a lie. I've been to North Carolina. I lived in North Carolina for a while, but not not like upper uh, East Coast. So the mm-hmm. the furthest north I've gone is I believe Raleigh. Okay. Is that like so- south of North Dakota? Uh, it is much south. Like uh, okay. when, when you make your way to North Dakota, bring a warm jacket and uh, okay. be prepared for some snow. Thank you. <laughs> I was, I'm from Alaska. So. Okay. Okay. You're, yeah, you're I'll be fine. I think, I think it's been a while. <laughs> I, I shouldn't assume, you know, um, yeah. but it's, uh, it should be a hell of a show. I mean, I know the, uh, the card is shaping up quite nicely and uh, I'm disappointed. I won't be able to make the trip down there just with the uh, needing a negative test to come back, uh, adding an extra $300 to a trip. It just isn't feasible at the moment. So, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, Hangman actually posted like free COVID tests uh, online. So, maybe yeah. I'll look at that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely think uh, being in that show will get my foot in the door with like the East Coast crowd. Hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, that will be my first exposure with that uh, demographic. Because um, for, the, for the most part, I've been. I've been kind of more on the east, uh, on the southern east coast or on the west coast. So hopefully, when I get there, people like me. People, I hope people know me. You know, like I, I take, I take like polite clapping over nothing. You know, I think you will have nothing to worry about when you, uh, when you make Thank your you. debut there. I think uh, everyone's gonna love you, and I'm, I'm stoked. Hopefully, it uh, gets thrown up on YouTube or. IWTV hopefully because I think uh it'll be really good um you mentioned the virtual basement video game now what is what's it all about because I know you just got announced and they've got uh, some stellar uh stellar wrestlers already announced for it too so I mean I'm I'm super stoked about it I can tell you this this is probably one of the most ambitious wrestling projects uh being funded by uh a developer uh, on their own um their vision like they, they their vision for their game is they're choosing artistic integrity over financial gain mm-hmm. uh which i respect 100 percent because i'm a game developer too um i've been i i have been offered uh money for my project before and i had to say no because it would not be under my control anymore and i i when I found out that, you know, they had multi-million dollar deals offered to them before they turned it down just to keep the integrity of their game and like complete autonomy on their project, mm-hmm. that is respectable. And it's ambitious as hell. It's so ambitious. Like they mocap like how I get in the ring. And I'm like, whew, are you gonna do this for every wrestler? Yeah. What? I haven't seen that in the, in the WWE game since like, you know. 07, 08, you know, like the mm-hmm. older ones, the Dukes ones, you know? So <clears throat> their vision is to bring every wrestler to life on their own unique way. And I think this will be a perfect like platform for all the people who create their characters in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, create a wrestler uh, community would love this project. I, I made sure to mocap some moves from like, fighting games in the game 
just so like if people wanted like cosplay as eddie gordo or like you know like someone from tekken or mm-hmm. or ryu from street fighter ken you know like they they can they can do it because i put the moves in there because you know i'm a gamer i know what i want to see in a video game i, I, I know what moves i want to see in a wrestling video game i thankfully have enough athletic ability to do these moves so if i i had the opportunity to put the mocap the moves into the game i'm gonna do it brother and thankfully <laughs> the developers love it they mm-hmm. i put drunken fist in the game just just for just for like you know the, sh- the shits and giggles because i i'm like i don't really see drunken fist in anything let's add that there and so hey there it is you know or mm-hmm. or, or I, I put the crane kick i know mike bailey does the crane kick but i i was like Hey man, I'm big Cobra Kai Mark, bro. Here we go, yeah. You know? And I put the crane <laughs> kick in the game, so and I, they let me do. They let me be me, mm-hmm. and I love that because that means that any any other wrestler that gets in the game, they get to be themselves. And the this is such a cool platform. I okay, when I was a kid, I played Marvel Ultimate Alliance One. I are you familiar with that game? Yes. Okay, I didn't know who Deadpool was. I did not know Deadpool until that game. Mm-hmm. And I just thought they look like Spider-Man with this, with katanas and guns. That's so cool. I'm a pick Deadpool. And it turns out they're also, they also crack jokes left and right. Mm-hmm. So my exposure to Deadpool was the video game. And then I got more into like Deadpool. I got more into Deadpool after, you know, Marvel ultimate Alliance. I researched them. I'm like, Oh, who's this you know, per- person? And boom, big Deadpool mark. Yeah, mm-hmm. even all these years later now i'm looking at it from a perspective of someone who's barely getting introduced to these wrestlers because like let's be honest like people there are some people in you know when i got announced didn't know who i was so when they pick up the game they see me and maybe they don't like me maybe they do but when they pick up when they see it's exposure mm-hmm. it's exposure and it might be someone's introduction to you you know, I mean, the game won't be released for a while, so who knows where I'll be? Maybe I'll be all elite. Maybe I'll be in New Japan. Maybe I'll be in the Fed. Who knows? You know, but <laughs> like, whatever happens, I'm in that game, and that that will be people's introductions to me, and I just think that would be cool because, like, you know, I got introduced to I got introduced to Nightcrawler off like X Men Legends. Mm-hmm. You know, I got introduced to uh uh. Uh, cable through marvel versus capcom 2 so so like characters in the video game that they hit different and mm-hmm. i think you, you know like i don't really like hulk hogan because you know because he's kind of racist <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh yeah. he, he did he did get one thing right it's about being immortal mm-hmm. and well hey man once that render comes through and i get put in that game and that game comes out i'm immortalized there will be a kid bandit in the digital world forever mm-hmm. and the coolest part is i it wasn't made by myself because i do that all the time mm-hmm. this time someone's doing it for me and i think that's just the coolest thing you know you, you never know who you could inspire with something as simple as a video game. And with you being absolutely, there, you don't know, it could be just a kid picking it up, sees your moves and all of a sudden you have a fan for life now. So it's, it, it's something that uh, I think kind of gets missed once in a while. So to have that is definitely going to be something huge. Um, I, I got one more for you and then I'll let you go enjoy your okay. Wednesday evening. 
<laughs> I like to ask everyone because there's no wrong answers. and Everyone has a different answer. Um, if you were going to change one thing about the wrestling industry, what are you going to change? Oh, uh, that's a really loaded question. <laughs> um, so this is coming from the heels of someone who's just starting in the industry and seeing how toxic it can be. Mm-hmm. I want to change like how people approach success and that for a while I saw that it's about like people are afraid to to offer a helping hand to others because they're worried that if the person that they're helping get up succeeds, they will take their spot. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I get it. You know, like if there was another wrestler by the name of like Kid Bandit 2.0, you know, like maybe me, 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 I can't think of a name right now, but Kid Bandit 2.0 is coming up. They do everything I do and then some, and they mm-hmm. look cooler than me. And I have the opportunity to bring them up by like giving them my contacts, let, like let, getting eyes on them. But the, the risk of doing that is what if all my fans stop liking me because they want Kid Bandit 2.0 instead, right? Mm-hmm. And I understand that completely. I understand the fear of having someone take your spot so you don't want to help them get up. I also understand that a lot of wrestlers struggle to get to their positions right now. So everybody else has to struggle to get, you know, mm-hmm. to where they're at. And I think that's baloney. Yeah, I was going to say bullshit. Okay, fuck it. I think, I think it's bullshit. <laughs> it's bullshit. Yeah, I, think, I think it's fucking bullshit because who knows how you get over, you know, at the end of the day, I got over by being non-binary. Like, let's be honest. It's not, it wasn't the moves I invent. It wasn't the kicks. It wasn't the flips. It wasn't even my hair. It was me embracing something about myself. I didn't even know was there. Mm-hmm. That's how I got over. Sort of. I'm, I don't know if I'm over yet, but you know, I'm kind of getting there. So who knows what your path to success is. I just want to make sure I just want to make sure that if I have friends, I, I want them to be where I'm at, mm-hmm. if not higher than me. Cause like at the end of the day, I think we'll all be better for it. In a, in, in an industry where we trust each other with our bodies, it's absurd that we don't trust each other backstage. And mm-hmm. that is that is baffling, you know? Mm-hmm. So I hope that I hope that I hope that will be the change. I hope people will understand that this this business is so much more wholesome and more fun if we're out here looking out for each other, mm-hmm. not just for ourselves. And it's you know, it, it, it's a lot less scary because I promise you, I am not out here to take anybody's spot. I am going on this path on my own. Mm-hmm. Every 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 once in a while, your path will cross with me, but I am on my journey. And I have a set goal in mind and I'm going to get to that goal by it staying on my lane. And that lane might, that lane might be up. That lane might be dumb. That, that lane might be leading to nowhere, but I will stay in my lane. And I hope that people will do that too, without trying to sabotage each other's like, you know, paths. Mm-hmm. Cause that's just dumb. Like, you know, we're wrestlers, man. We're not like, we're not corporate. This isn't game of Thrones. Why? You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know, support each other and do it for the better of wrestling. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, that's what I would change. 
Uh, Kid Bandit, where can people find you online if you have any social media you'd like to plug or any of that stuff? Uh, I'm at Kid Bandit Pro with two D's and the Kid, not the Bandit. For some reason, people misspell Bandit. Kind of weird, but okay. <laughs> uh, so Kid with two D's, Bandit Pro at, at everything. Um, YouTube as well. Uh, Facebook, uh, same thing. Uh, unfortunately, Facebook does not let me put Kid Bandit as my rank, uh, as my name. So uh, if you find me on Facebook, it's going to be my shoot name and. I would hope that y'all don't add me because I, I, I should post in that account. So <laughs> uh, I, I will not be accepting friend requests unless like, I know you personally. That, that's what I'll say about Facebook because I, 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 it's all, it's all memes there. You, you wouldn't, it's not kid bandit. Uh, it's just the person behind them. Uh, uh, the other part is uh, I have a game that I'm developing called Rising Saga Origins. I'm going to plug that in because I am also back in developing that game. It's sick. It's a sick game, and I'm the only one developing it. I'm by myself here, so got to plug that in. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much to Kid Bandit for joining me on the Grain Maker Wrestling Podcast. I was ecstatic to have them on and just to be able to chat wrestling. I mean, there was stuff uh, before and after the interview that we just got to talk about, uh, just wrestling-related stuff and life stuff, and it was just it was an absolute blast to be able to chat with them. So thank you so much to Kid Bandit. I truly appreciate them taking the time out of their day to sit and chat wrestling and share their story. Check them out at the Time Bomb Pro Show, February 24th. Just keep your eyes open because I have a feeling that uh, Kid Bandit is definitely someone to watch for in the world of wrestling. So you're you're seeing it here first. You're seeing them on the independents. Support them. Go check them out. Support independent wrestling because, I mean, that's what we're here for. That's what we love. Local wrestling. Check it out. Thank you to Kid Bandit. Thank you for checking out the podcast. I truly appreciate it. I say it every time. I will always say it. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to me talk about wrestling. So I really appreciate it. If it's your first time listening, you can find me up on Twitter at GreenMakerPod. Uh, you know, send me a message on there. You know, let's chat wrestling. Let's uh, let's talk about what we all love, professional wrestling. Uh, email GreenMakerPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can send your questions, comments, concerns, all that sort of fun stuff there up on Facebook, Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, and up on most podcast streaming services, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. If you could uh, rate and review, I would truly appreciate it. And, uh, you know, just uh, to, you know, bump up those numbers, you know, get some uh, get some positive reviews going, some, uh, you know, all that fun stuff. But uh, that's enough for today. Thank you again for checking out the podcast. We'll talk soon.